Well, hello, 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 everybody out there. It's the main stage on the main event 365. My name is Russell Wayne, and I am the Buckeye fan that has to wear the Michigan garb because my team got their asses kicked on. <laughs> I can't I can't deal with it, man. I can't deal with it. Here I am. Here I am. I'm honoring the bet. That's just because that's what honorable men do. You go yes, out sir. there. If you make a bet, you you got to follow through with it. Here it is. Absolutely. Congratulations to the maize and blue. You ripped my heart out of my chest. I'm feeling it. And I'm feeling it like you would never want to feel it ever in your life. So let's get into this thing. I don't even want to talk about that thing right now. Let's get into some of this. How are you doing, Greg? I hope that you had a better weekend than me. You know, um... I, I did. I did. You know, uh, last week was my birthday, so I'm doing pretty good right now. Um, I feel your pain, man. Look, last week, my Bruins lost to the Trojans in a heartbreaker, so I know what you're going through, man. But uh, kudos to Ohio State, man. Eventually, Michigan had to get this right, right? Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, after 20 years, of you, you figured they could win a couple of them here and there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, like, like I said, we're going to get to that in a little bit. But what we want to really get into right off the bat is going back to this Thanksgiving Day classic game between the Detroit Lions and the Buffalo Bills. Nobody gave them a chance in this game. They were underdogs. I think it was like eight, nine, ten points or something like that. And uh, they lose in the heartbreaker. So what's your initial reaction to that, Greg? You know, so look. I'm going to put this point blank and, and, and with all sincerity, look, I, I'm not in the business of moral victories. I think it's a cop-out, uh, a justification, and an excuse for losing. Um, that being said, we are in year two of a teardown rebuild, you guys. I am so proud of the way our Lions performed overall as a team. You know, uh, we wish we all saw what we saw. We all wish we could have got a couple plays back. But in all reality, we went up against a team that many experts and fans in general have pegged as the AFC favorite, you know. So the fact that we took it down to the wire and played with so much heart, despite key injuries along our offensive line, as well as our secondary, I, I really couldn't be happier. When there's a moral victory to be had, you're going to say a moral victory. Because that was, like I said, a team that nobody expected us to even, like, run with at all. Yeah. They had us... Uh, on on talent wise, on every phase, like offense, defense, special teams, quarterback, uh, everywhere they had us, but somehow they schemed up some kind of game plan where they were in this game at the end of the game when no one gave them a chance. So my initial reaction is they played way over their heads, but they still lost the game. Absolutely, you know, and in the end, an L's an L. But like I said, when you go up against a championship contention team, which I fully believe the Buffalo Bills are, they're absolutely stacked. And like I said, just to be a few key mistakes or a few key plays away from, from playing a bonafide franchise like that this year, it's um it's something to be hopeful for. You know, I, I look at this and our Eagles loss um, as games that no one really gave us a chance against, yet we performed, we were right there down to the wire. So kudos to our Lions. Yeah, and then when they went out there, and, and you're just expecting Josh Allen to just, like, yeah. be this magician going all up and down. And then when it didn't happen, it was really the, the defense that was stepping up. I mean, the defense was 
holding their own against one of the best offenses in the league with a bunch of undrafted free agents, rookies, and no-name guys, man. How do you feel about this defense going forward, Greg? You know, so look, um, if you look at just the stat line, look, yes, we did give up over 400 yards of offense to the Buffalo Bills. Uh, That being said, you guys, a lot of that came on the rushing end, and a lot of that came from Josh Allen himself. You know, um, people want to write it off as if it's just our lines that struggle with mobile quarterbacks. No, you guys, this is across the league. When you play a team that's deep with a good mobile quarterback, this is something, this is every defensive coordinator's nightmare. Um, you know, uh, Josh Allen threw for less than 250 yards. And, and that guy can tear people off for 450 on a good game. You know, so the fact that we held him under 250, that's good. You know, um, the mobile quarterback, like I said, I'm not justifying it. Josh Allen did run all over us. Um, Singletary had a decent game against us. But you erase those Josh Allen rushing stats, and um, that takes him down below that 100 mark, you know? So um, overall, it was a really good defensive performance. Um, we, we, I'd like to think that we contained Josh Allen aside from his rushing attempts, uh, except for that last drive where Josh Allen did what Josh Allen does, you know? Um, so yeah, I, I think overall defensively, we are getting better, and, and it's something to watch for. It just seems like every week, we are getting a different Brad Holmes guy to elevate his game and at least flash some potential for the future. You know, when it came into, when I was watching at the, I had a buddy that came over to my house in the fourth quarter and, uh, and, and when he was on his way over, looked at the stat line and Stefan Diggs was four catches for 20 yes. yards going into the fourth quarter. And I don't know, honestly, how they schemed to stop that with, with no Jeff Okuda. Like I, I honestly, to me, that was the most impressive part was how those are like top end. Like if Stefan Diggs isn't the best wide receiver in the league, he's in the yeah. top three for sure. Gabe Easily. Davis ain't no joke. And, yeah. you know, he and he was making McKenzie out to be a superstar in that game. Yeah. It's like, wow, how are you guys doing this against Josh Allen? Like Josh Allen, the same one that like went down in the in the AFC championship yep. and scored with 19 seconds left and then somehow got their hearts stolen from them like much yeah. like my heart was stolen from me but um yeah. yeah let's I mean the defense you have anything else that you want to say about that defense before we move on yeah absolutely I mean we got to give a big shout out to James James Houston um you know uh coming coming from the college he came to and, and praise to that prime time one of my favorite players all time man Good job on coaching this young man up. There you go. Good good job on coaching this young man up, man. Out of five snaps, Russell Wayne, uh, James Houston had, and I want to give a shout out to Melvin for doing this. He couldn't make the show tonight. Five defensive snaps. He had two sacks and two quarterback hits. That is a four out of five pressure rate. And, and I mean, what's not to like about that? Like I said, wow. this really, yeah, this wow. really alludes to, and kudos to Brad Holmes, you know, Talking to this Lions fan base, you know, across social media, everyone is so excited for what this guy has done. And all the scouting, his resume that he gave the Rams, not the big name players, but all the second and third rounders that that they took to help, that filled those roles and weren't those big household names. I see what you're doing here, Brad Holmes, and I'm completely loving it and accepting of it. Uh, Russell, we had a chance to talk about this. This is the first time uh, I can personally say I have had complete blind faith in RGM since the yes. early and I mean early days of Martin Mayhew hats yeah. off to that that guy yeah. 
I, 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 in Brad, we trust. I agree one thousand percent. I was a gigantic. You, you and I talked many times about James Houston, and yeah. uh, after, after, right after they had drafted him, and his nickname in college was the problem. And yes, four out of five times where you're either getting to the quarterback or making him get off of his spot, that is a problem and that's a guy that nobody's scheming for nobody's even yep. trying to scheme that problem so pair him with aiden hutchinson i mean that yes, future sir. might look pretty pretty damn good if you ask me man so yes sir um, i thought that the secondary when you talk like mike hughes stepping into that into that role or like you just next man up type of things right there gosh man i can't say enough good things about where this defense is going for the 32 <laughs> ranked defense in the nfl i think that yep. they're going to be moving up here pretty soon so yes sir. anything else anything else on that on that defense you know um so i'll probably catch hell for this you know um <laughs> but you know hey shout out to will harris amani warrior and jacob for the time he was on the field man you mentioned it earlier whenever you got to stop stefan diggs and gabe davis and like you alluded to, man, going to that fourth quarter, um, Diggs had less than 30 yards of four catches. Right. He really netted all those yards on that dime. And I mean that absolute dime thrown by Josh Allen to Stephon Diggs. One of the best quarterback wide receiver combos in the NFL. Um, Russ, we talked about this also before the show. <clears throat> that throw was so spot on and so precise that only other quarterback that would have made that throw possibly is Patrick Mahomes. Uh, me and you talked about this. There were three Lions in that area, and Kirby Joseph was gunning for that pass. He was yeah. going to pick that bad boy off. Had it been just a hair left, hair right, hair overthrow, he would have snatched that. So um, Kirby Joseph, a good performance. Um, yeah, man. So what can you that, say? That ball looked like it yeah. went straight on a rope. That thing got yes. there. It, it felt like it was less than a second and everything. And there's one guy that I, I – I'd hate to admit it, but I know that he can't make that throw, and that would be Jared Goff. The Goff fans put not. up 25 points in the loss. In the loss. So how are you feeling about this Goff fence right now? You know, look, so um, I was really down on Jared Goff. And look, I'll just put a point blank, Russ. Um, I spoke to you about this and several other Lions fans on social media. Jared Goff is not the long-term answer here. Um, I, I think the majority of us would come to that conclusion that being said, his last three or four games, give or take a couple throws, he's been a pretty good game manager. Um, he hit some key throws, and I know it's easy to focus on the negative, you guys. The third and one, this is the second time this season where he's missed on a play like that. I get the frustration as a fan. I really do. But he actually played pretty decent. You know, um, uh, the safety, that's something else to talk about. But that pocket, <laughs> that pocket was fast, uh, uh, collapsing faster than the Berlin Wall. That's something we could touch on a little bit later, man. Uh, Ed Oliver, shout out for the Bills. Uh, your big name guy, uh, kind of having a pedestrian year, but my God, you really stuck it to our uh, broken up interior O-line this week. Uh, uh, Coyote, uh, I don't even know his last name. <laughs> yep. and, and, and Dan Skipper, brutal game for you guys. Yeah. I mean, you did what you could against a very good um, front seven presented to you by a championship contending team, but... Man, you're getting eaten alive at some points, and it was hard to watch. 
Yeah, it sure was. And, you know, in leading up to that safety, it's like a lot of people forget to mention that there wasn't there a five yard penalty that backed them right up into that stupid spot yeah. right there to where they were in like that. And that's yeah. it. You know, you expect this quarterback to like take this pressure right on. That's just not what he does. If you don't give him a clean pocket, yeah. he's going to get sacked. Just like Tom Brady would get yeah. sacked, just like any non-mobile quarterback exactly. would get sacked. Yeah. So, I mean, he didn't have an, I mean, like a superb game, but I thought he had a really, yeah. really good game. And when you sent me the yeah. PFF stats for uh, the game, he was like the the fourth ranked uh, yeah. offensive player that we had. So we had yeah. a good game. Uh, we go to that that third and one, and you know I don't mind the call. I wish the throw yeah. was better. I wish they were on a better communication because if yeah. he would have hit him on that throw, we would have went up. And that yes, sir. Goal, then Josh Allen would have had to make through two tightrope throws to try to get it yeah. into the end zone at that point. So I'm not upset with the offense. I, I I still think we have elite, elite, elite up front blockers. And uh, yeah. going into the last six games, I think that's going to be a problem for the teams that we play is how good our yeah. offensive line is and the fact that we got healthy guys coming back. Yeah, and just on a side note, Russ, um, I didn't get a chance to check the stats before, but uh, this might be the first game where we actually held under 100 yards rushing. Um, that Buffalo's Bills defense, uh, Matt Milano, absolute stud of a linebacker. That whole Bills team is just star-studded, right. man. And I know they were dealing with injuries out there, but my God, they got depth on depth. And um, they, they really held our run game in check. Um, you know, uh, like I said, there's a couple plays that would have made a difference possibly. You know, um, obviously Jamal Williams with a crucial second fumble in his career. Yeah. Uh, Deion, yeah. DeAndre Swift, a huge drop in which he was wide open. Uh, he could have walked in to the end zone. Um, obviously, the Austin Bryant penalty. Oh, my God. Yeah, what a heartbreaker. Those are three yeah. gigantic reasons that I would put ahead of any individual player where you yeah. make mistakes right there. And if we're not going to put it on the offense or the offense, yeah. we're not going to put it on the defense because the defense actually stepped up a little bit. So is it the Detroit yeah. Lions coaching? Do we criticize this coaching for the game plan and staying close? Or, or, or are we going to praise it for putting that game plan together and holding this de uh, offense to 28 points? So when we were at that one and six stretch, uh, Russell, you heard me, man. Um, yeah. I was very critical of this uh, coaching staff. I felt they weren't making adjustments. Um, it really felt like we hit a rut right after that New England game. And, you know, we saw a little bit of life uh, in that first half of the Dolphins game and then immediately hit a rut again. Uh, I'm going to give it to this coaching staff, man. They, they seem like they're making the proper adjustments now. It's kind of a learn-on-the-job type phase. I mean, you guys have all seen our coaching staff. Most of them are ex-players that came from positional coaches. Ben Johnson just kind of came out of nowhere from a tight ends coach, elevated up. So they're all doing a great job. And once again, um, for our coaching staff to go head-to-head -head with Sean McDermott, who is an absolute amazing coach, who just sent off Brian Dable to uh, the Giants, who he's killing it with them. Um, right. I'm proud of our coaching staff. I really am. It looked like they made all the right adjustments and they did what they could with key injuries on the field and, and with a team that we're not as deep as Buffalo. We don't have the firepower to overcome that, but damn it, they tried. And, and that means something to me. 
And you know what? I And I agree with you uh, 100% on that because the coaching staff should be praised for what they did in this game that no one gave them a chance for. So I'm going to go to a couple comments right here because we're hitting in here and, I, and I've neglected them. Facebook user says the coaching on the last drive because they were just playing for the tie instead of the win. I would, I, I would say that there's some truth to that statement right there. We got a yeah. gold blue in the house, so I have to wear this ridiculous. <laughs> I got to wear this ridiculous sweater because I lost a bet. I am not a Michigan fan. This is courtesy of your normal host, Main Event Mike. Made this bet with me. Now I have to host this show while he sits on his ass at home and laughs at me <laughs> with all of his friends watching me struggle up here trying to host this show and produce it while I'm with the Michigan right there. So you can thank Main Event Mike for making me look not so sexy tonight. So, Greg Rice, <laughs> I want yeah. Goff to stay here until 2024 when Caleb Williams and J.J. McCarthy are available. How You want to put a statement on that one? All right. So, I, I mean, J.J. McCarthy, what an amazing game. No one ever thought – I didn't see it coming. No one right. – I, I highly doubt any Michigan – let's pump the brakes on J.J. McCarthy now. Um, great game. Killed Ohio State, making passes. No one believed in that. But let's not quite put J.J. McCarthy with Caleb Williams. Uh, Caleb Williams is a Heisman candidate. And uh, like I said, I am a Bruins fan. So it breaks my heart to praise Trojans. But um, this kid is just built different. If you guys watch that Notre Dame game, um, his tiptoeing in the pocket, he evaded about nine sacks. Um, the kid is absolutely amazing. Not eligible till 2024. So I do see that you put that on there too. Um, yeah. And you're touching on, yeah. You're, you're touching that, on something. What, what, why, uh, why, why isn't he available until 2024? Can you tell the viewers that? Do you know? I, 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 I can't, to be honest with you. Um, the Trojans, I do my best to watch their program and, and, and why that is just because they are rivals. Um, shout out to Lincoln Riley. I do not know. Do you know Russell? Okay. Yeah, I, I do. I, I was just, I, I was trying to let, let you answer it. But yeah, I had a, a friend of mine look that up to uh, uh, GT from And We Know Sports. He says that uh, it you have to have three years outside of high school. You have to yeah. be three okay. years removed from high school. So that's why he's not eligible this year. Uh, we have a comment here that just says the Goffins. The Goffins. <laughs> they like that. They like that. Yeah. Michigan. Michigan versus everybody. Detroit versus everybody. Uh, <laughs> bring in the hunt. Yeah. All right. So that's that's <laughs> awesome. I love the comments, guys. Keep them rolling in. I know that you guys are having fun making fun of me, and I get it. I get it. So here we go. We did the coaching staff. So let's say standout performances from that game. So we already touched a little bit on James Houston. That was a big surprise from that yeah. game. But any other standout performances from the Lions and uh, Buffalo game that you want to uh, talk about? Absolutely. Uh, big shout out to Rodrigo. Look, um, so <clears throat> he's played, uh, he had that elbow injury, kind of a nagging elbow injury. And, and it, I think it really affected his play over the last uh, couple few weeks. Um, PFF was not, he just wasn't great now like he was. Um, Rodrigo bounced right back. And if you look at the stat line of just four tackles, it doesn't look impressive, but you look at his PFF grading across the board, this guy is green and blue. Um, I didn't get a chance to double check it, but I think he might've made PFF teams for the week. We all know about yeah. James Houston. We just preached a man. And what else can we say about the sun god? My god. 
Amon Ross St. Brown. The, yeah. I mean, right, Russ? Yeah, this is oh, I'm, just, I'm, I'm just done. I'm just gesturing and grunting in the background and agreeing <laughs> with you yeah. because yeah, I'm on Ross St. Brown is the real deal. And yeah, that should be said. And I want to put a shout out to Isaiah bugs, man, because I, I was watching a, uh, where he was doing a, a pep talk before one mm-hmm. of the games. And I didn't realize how much of a leader he was to the Detroit Lions in the in the middle of that defense. It's like yeah. you wouldn't have heard of Isaiah Bug. Nobody was looking at Isaiah Bug, but he stepped in and became a force in the middle of that defense. So my yes, shout goes out to Isaiah Bugs. The shattered dreams right here. The Michigan <laughs> shatters the dreams of Ohio State. I'm prepared. I've I I've pushed down the tears. I'm not gonna cry on camera. So let's talk about this Michigan shattering the dreams of Ohio State. I'll take your take first and then uh, and then I'll throw my take in. Well, first off, I want to say that was a hell of a game, you guys. Uh the final score doesn't give justice to the game. Um, you guys, that game what was was down the wire till about the last five minutes, I would say, before Michigan just pulled away and just ripped the hearts out of Ohio State. Um, C.J. Stroud, he's going to get a lot of criticism for those last two interceptions. Look, those were desperation plays. I think Stroud played a really solid game overall. And if and, and if Brad Holmes decides to make a move, move up or if he just happens to fall in our lap because of the Rams failing, I'm okay <laughs> with C.J. Stroud. Um, that, that, that game, you guys, that was easily the college game of the year. And this is coming from a, a fan who had no horse in the race. Great game. Shout out to CJ Stroud, Marvin Harrison Jr. This guy looks like he's going to be very much as good as his dad eventually once he gets to that spot. Um, Michigan, your offensive line is, pardon my language, effing unreal. Unreal. Those are real men out there. Look like they're moving around toddlers. Uh, I would not be surprised if you got two or three of those guys plucked off and drafted in the first uh, 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 first four rounds easily. Um, uh, who is it? Edwards? That backup? Yeah. Yep. My God. It was a little bit of a smoke, but he was the one that surgically just removed the heart yep. out of Ohio State at the end of that game. Unreal. Unreal performance. J.J. McCarthy. What do you say? Did anyone expect that? No. And, and that's what you can't coach. So, like, that, or yeah. that's what you can't, like, get ready for. So, my take on the game from an Ohio State perspective, I, I'll tell you to be – I'm going to be really, really honest. When I – first turn on TV and I saw those offensive linemen go out to the field. Now, my defensive line from Ohio State is a top 10. We're, we're, we're a top 10 defense. And when I saw those, those offensive linemen line up against my defensive line, I, I, I kind of was like, wow, this is, this is going to be a long game because those guys are some big dudes and we got nothing in on them. You guys came down to the horseshoe into our house and just handled that environment. And honestly, we beat ourselves at the end of the game because the penalties, the losing of the composure, and the fact that Jim Harbaugh outcoached Ryan Day and like yeah. ma- made him get away from himself and the style that he likes to coach and uh, pulled him right into Harbaugh's coaching style and just ripped it out. I have to give nothing but credit to the Michigan Wolverines because 
my team's good. My team is really, really good. And you guys came in and you whipped our ass and you deserve yes, the win. Um, I don't like to wear this, but I'm also a football fan just as much as I am an Ohio State fan. I love yes, good sir. football. I wanted this game, and I will take this game again if it's one versus two because it's such an epic matchup. It's such a yes. just just a great rivalry, and um, and this is what it's all about. And it would have been me sitting at home and Mike here with Ohio State garb on doing the show. <laughs> the other way around too so that's what we play on main event 365 we play the high stakes we don't care about money i don't know how much money you have in your bank account i don't know if that hurts you but i know that this hurts me and it doesn't matter how much money i have in my bank account that this yes, is sir. gonna hurt me every single time right there so kudos to the michigan wolverines i'm gonna give the devil a stew you're the devil to me michigan you know, I think that you can win the yeah. national championship. I think you're good enough. What do you think about that? You think Michigan's good enough to win the national cha championship this year? So, look, uh, Georgia had a huge turnover, as we all saw. They kind of went through the same thing LSU went through a few years ago, where it felt like every single one of their starters got drafted. Um, but they seem to be right back in the thick of things. And they're in the SEC, where it is not an easy conference to win. Um, that being said, uh, I don't think there's such a disparity between Michigan and Georgia this year. Um, I think last year with Michigan, they were they were top-heavy with a lot more peak talent as compared to this year being a more well-balanced team. And I'm seeing some of these comments, and I just want to address them, Russell. <laughs> you, you, you want me to – you want to get uh, this first one right here? Which one do you want? Yeah, you know, just, the, the this, game was – CJ – no way CJ is going to be a – Am I am I looking for that one? No way, CJ. I can't I can't find it up there. Uh, let's see. It says, no way, CJ is gonna be a buck. So look, let me just put it to you this way. Uh, look, I, look, I get it. CJ is gonna be a bust if you really feel that way. He might be. You never know when it comes to these quarterbacks. You just don't. Look, we've seen other probably bigger names, bigger prospects come through and, and be. A buck. Look, I get it. But if you're a Michigan fan and you cannot separate your Saturdays from Sundays, just stop. Please just stop. Look, <laughs> CJ Stroud is still a great player, man. Um, th this is the type of comment I expect from a U of M fan that wants us to draft Blake Farm. Uh, we got another one with Captain Aiden O'Connor. We would just create a Michigan and Detroit Lions pipeline if it was up to a lot of these guys. Unfortunately, the NFL doesn't work like that. And thank God it doesn't. There's some other good players around the country outside of U of M, okay? Uh, I got one I want to hit right here. Michigan broke OSU. Now, I want to give that one some validity here because I, I do believe that that's coming, that you have not broke OSU yet. Let me And, and let me explain to you why. Yeah. You guys are one year away from that. You guys have almost broke OSU. So here's the thing. You've won two years in a row. And what happens if you win three years in a row? Well, if you win three years in a row, then you have an entire class of sophomore juniors and seniors that don't know what it's like to lose to Ohio State. Now that's a dangerous situation. If you win yes. next year, then it becomes this, that's the culture changing right stigma. in front of our very yep. eyes right there. The stigma yes, sir. is gone. So Michigan has built a culture of winning. So if Ohio State doesn't stop that next year, in Michigan, then it's going to be over for. Yeah. Then Michigan will have officially taken the rivalry back in full force, and you have it sixty-six percent of the way right now. And I'll give you yeah. that right now. You have it sixty-six percent of the way. Yes, so. sir. 
we do, hey, we Russ, do have a, do we go? Yeah, go yeah go ahead i was just gonna say we have our our, our special guests in here i want to hit these last couple comments and then we're gonna get in there so actually i think that right. you did hit them all the game was Let's the most it. watched game in the regular season since 2011 that's awesome one wow. pride and, what's uh, up cereal i like cj stroud i just don't like the coach okay that, that, that's, <laughs> that's fair enough right there that's fair so, so let's bring in our guest right here no, no, and this week the detroit lions are taking on the jacksonville jaguars and in the lion's den we bring in jacob lyle he is a jacksonville jaguar super fan and he's gonna give us the inside scoop on this upcoming matchup on no thy enemy oh welcome to the show jacob how you doing tonight brother man i'm doing all right how are y'all <laughs> You're doing, great, doing great, man. What a great victory for you guys over the Baltimore Ravens, man. Yeah, wow. sir. I'm a huge Georgia yeah. fan, so I was watching football on Saturday. Uh, not looking forward to Sunday, but came along. Oh. I was really happy about it. What, 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 the way that we usually do this is uh, we usually have an entire panel, but since my Ohio State Buckeyes lost, nobody wants to be on a panel with me right now while I'm wearing this. <laughs> ugly shirt so uh greg and i are going to ask you a few questions about the jaguars and how, what were your uh, initial thoughts on them upsetting the the ravens i mean did you expect them to win i did not i'm being honest yeah i know that makes me a bad fan but i <laughs> honestly did not expect jacksonville to win uh i saw i kind of chalked this game up as uh, our game against the eagles earlier this season where oh. we kept it close all throughout the game. We were right yes, there with Philadelphia, but Trevor Lawrence tumbled four times in the game. So oh. I was really expecting our I was really expecting our quarterback really not to show up sing as it was a big game. I kind of chalked him up as a Kirk Cousins kind of player. <laughs> but I'm, I'm glad that I was proven wrong. Yeah, I mean it yes, seems sir. to me like Trevor I mean when he came out they, they were saying that he was the like the best guy since Andrew yeah. Luck. And he hasn't really lived up to that hype to you so far? No, not really. But you, when you get somebody with that kind of praise, there's always going to be that doubt. There's always going to be that yeah. those high expectations that I feel like they're really not going to fill in the beginning. So do you feel that it's more of the uh, of him messing up, or is it the pieces? They, they Do they need to build some pieces around him? Or? I think you can chalk up last season as Urban Meyer. I, I'm willing to write <laughs> off the entire <laughs> amount of last season. And uh, yeah. I think I think this season was more of a, a finding your identity kind of season because Jacksonville exactly. historically has always been a defensive style team. They've always been. Yep. Uh, they were like Georgia, for example. They were yeah. high defense, run the ball, and it worked in 2017 up until up until they hit the AFC Championship against the Patriots. And I feel in Urban Meyer, they're kind of trying to reinvigorate that with yeah. James Robinson and then him drafting Travis Etienne but yeah. it never came to fruition. So with Doug Peterson, I'm thinking he's trying to change the identity of our team, and that's not gonna happen overnight. I will say this from the from the few games I've watched this year, it I really do see some improvement in, in, in Trevor Lawrence's game, man. And yesterday, he had a couple passes, man, that um, I, I really think only Josh Allen outdid him in, in terms of total quarterback play yesterday. 
Are, are you happy? Do you see the progress? Uh, Doug Peterson, known kind of as a quarterback whisperer, obviously Carson Wentz, Nick Foles, their best seasons uh, were, were with Doug Peterson. Are, are you happy with the progress you guys are seeing so far? And what I consider, I know they say it's year two of Lawrence, but like you just said, um, you know, the whole uh, the whole um, Urban Meyer thing, no offense, another shot at dig at Ohio State, was kind of just a joke. Um, are you happy with the progress you're seeing this year? I am. I I think that he will progress even more so as we get down the stretch, especially seeing as he's had, uh, especially this year, he has, he has a lot of unproven weapons. I mean, yeah. we gave Christian Kirk $84 million, and he has never had Oof. a thousand yard season. So, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. we were definitely, it was definitely a season of unproven weapons. And honestly, yeah. I am happy with the progress that we've seen. We have kept it close with pretty much everybody that we've played, and we've won games that we probably shouldn't have won, specifically this last game in Baltimore. Yes, sir. The big talk <laughs> going up to the draft. That was nice. The big talk was, like, uh, is Jacksonville going to take Walker or are they going to take Hutchinson? Are you happy with them taking Walker over Hutchinson so far? Well, not necessarily with this game, but I'm a big Georgia Bulldogs fan. They're, they're my favorite college team. So, honestly, I was ecstatic when I heard they were drafting Trayvon Walker. But I was very, very hesitant because even on Georgia, he was kind of inconsistent, and he struggled actually getting sacks. He had plenty of quarterback pressures, but he he struggled to actually bring the quarterback down. I was really worried about that. But uh, I know they drafted him specifically because of his size, and I had doubts going about Aiden Hutchinson because I I always have doubts about the people that are projected at the top. But uh, honestly... So far, I think Aiden Hutchinson has outperformed him. I'm not saying that Aiden Hutchinson would have outperformed him on Jacksonville, Ooh, but I think Aiden Hutchinson point. overall was the better pick straight out. Maybe Trayvon Walker yeah. will get better with time, but Aiden Hutchinson was the NFL-ready prospect there. Yeah, that's understandable. I mean, but Trayvon Walker, when I saw him run that four-five-one forty at 280 pounds, yeah. I was like, wow, this guy has got some physical traits and some teams value physical traits over the actual like you know game uh, ability right there so look man trent bulk uh a guy who's kind of a enigma to a lot of people um a lot of u of m fans familiar with nfl uh they know that him and harbaugh had a falling out in san francisco now trent bulk uh i think is a good gm um but you know kind of alluding to the walker over hutchinson pick um he did something similar in San Francisco where he chose Alden Smith over uh, DeMarcus Ware, per uh, se. It tends to kind of come off as the smartest guy in the room type thing. Uh, you kind of alluded to it earlier. To me, I've seen it happen a couple times. What do you think of some of this big money thrown around at some of these contracts and free agency and stuff? Are you okay with Trent Ball? Do you, do you think he's done a decent job so far in terms of trying to assemble talent? Or were there a couple of moves where you're just like, wow, really? I was kind of wow, really, about Christian Kirk, the $21 million a year. Because even in Arizona, yeah. I know he was wide receiver three or two there for yeah. a while. But he never eclipsed 1,000 yards. And we handing him enough money to make him one of the highest paid wide receivers in the game. So there was definitely some hesitancy there. I'm not saying that, I'm not going to say that Christian Kirk is worth the money so far. Yeah. But he has looked well enough to be one of our main weapons. Now, yeah. the tr- um, some of the <clears throat> some of the draft picks and such, I don't really agree yeah. with. Um, I know some of that may have been the coaches, like Travis mm-hmm. when uh, Urban Meyer uh, chose him. 
because I we had James Robinson. I don't. I didn't really understand why we were picking Travis Etienne. Yeah, <laughs> with a first round pick. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah. <laughs> I think he has done at least average of a job because yeah. we historically are not a good franchise. So if he can, if he can bring in fresh young talent, even if it costs a little bit of money, I would be okay yeah. with that because right now we are struggling to find that talent that is willing to come and play for us. And as Lions fans, we understand that. <laughs> so um, the, we got one more question before we get into like the actual matchup. Um, uh, do you think that the Jags actually have a chance now that they've knocked? I mean, this was an upset. I mean, a lot of people, they surprised a lot of people by beating uh, the Baltimore Ravens. Do you think that they have a chance to overtake the Titans? Uh, I, I am not a big Titans believer. Uh, I think that the Titans offense is one dimensional. And Ooh. if you stop Derrick Henry, I know people have said, oh, if you stop Derrick Henry, stop Tennessee offense. And very few people have actually stopped Derrick Henry because he's Derrick Henry. But I feel as though when tennis, when push comes to shove, if Tennessee is stuck in a situation where their quarterback play has to win the game, they don't have the weapons to actually push down the field without Derrick Henry. So mm. I think if, if other teams can finally keep reins on Henry, then yeah, the Jags have a chance to surpass them. But if Derrick Henry keeps running free, then I, I highly doubt it. Now we're going to get into the matchups right here. So you guys are coming to Ford Field. Coming to Ford Field on Sunday at 1 o'clock. Got the Jaguars coming down. And, and actually, I thought that you were going to be a little more confident in this game coming out of that that big win right there but uh what do you see as the most intriguing matchup that is that's going to happen on sunday and like either a one-on-one -on -one or position group will work too um i think lions wide receivers versus the jags defensive backs because we've had great we've had our safeties really step up this year um yes. especially andre cisco they they've really done significantly better than I expected them to. However, we still have players like Shaquille Griffin on the roster who are slightly overpaid and aren't really producing yeah. nearly what right. we thought they would, especially after what he did in Seattle. He was yes. usually pretty good in Seattle. But <clears throat> I know that the Lions wide receivers are fairly young and Amon St. Brown specifically is very shifty, very fast. So I want to see our defensive backs be able to actually contain him to actually hold him close to the line of scrimmage and be able to tackle him in space. Mm. Nice. So, so what I want to do right here is I want to actually send this around the whole panel. So, what do you? How about you, Greg? What do you feel is the most intriguing matchup from for for this upcoming duel? Well, I, I got to go our offensive line against what I consider a very underrated Jaguars front seven. Um, I like what Balk has done. I I think he has mimicked essentially what he did in San Francisco and just bringing in a big, beefy, yet fluid front seven that can attack the quarterback. You know, I, I'm just looking at this list of players. Uh, I love the Devin Lloyd pickup, by the way. Um, I know PFF hasn't been as kind to him these last few weeks, but what a great, my favorite linebacker prospect out of the entire draft uh, this last season. Chad Muma, another one of my favorite linebackers. Uh, Davon Hamilton, uh, and a couple no-names that have kind of really PFF is high on in this. Uh, Adam Gotsis, uh, obviously Trayvon Walker, uh, Chase Yon, and Arden Key. I, I want to see how uh, what I consider one of the league's 
best offensive lines against a very talented young Jaguars front seven. Like, like, what do you think of those? Some of those matchups. Say a Panay Sewell versus a, a, a Josh Allen, for instance. I think Josh Allen. <clears throat> excuse me. I think Josh Allen has gone under the radar for a lot of people. Yes. And like, people hear Josh Allen and they're just like quarterback. But yep. <laughs> defensive end Jacksonville. Yeah. He has it's been one of the major rocks for the Jags defense yes, since the disbanding of our 2017 defense. Yeah. And he flies under the radar because people don't really recognize him. When you look back to like the defensive players of that draft, you're looking at Nick Bosa mm-hmm. primarily. Yeah. But Josh Allen was right there with him statistically. He I think yes. Josh Allen got edged out just by a little bit. But yeah. he has been one of the more consistent defensive ends he's had some injury issues but he's been fairly consistent when he's on the field and yep. he's been able to really be that rock for the jags defense now for the rest of the front seven i, I would hope that we at least have something because we took three linebackers in a row in the draft so <laughs> <laughs> three linebackers in a row yeah that surprised me but uh i think that um i don't know i think devin lloyd got a lot of attention at the beginning of the year at least since kind of pulled off yeah, and people have kind of forgotten about him, and I don't really think that's fair. I just just one more quick tap in, man. So look, I'm a Bruins fan, uh, UCLA all day, man. I don't mean to sound like a home a homer, but how did you feel about the Miles Jack release? Were you okay with it? I was not. I hated that. It, yeah. it kind of broke my heart a little bit. He was the last major piece of that defense from 2017, and he'd been so consistent and so underrated for Jacksonville. He was easily one of the better. Uh, linebackers that just wasn't really seen that much. Yeah. And it kind of broke my heart to see him released. All right. Now we're into some, before we get into the keys from winning, I wanted to remind everybody, this is the main, you can find us on YouTube at the main event, three, six, five, subscribe to the YouTube channel and you can win yourself an official NFL jersey via NFL shop. All you have to do is subscribe to the main event YouTube channel. Yeah, and take a picture of that. Send me a message of it. Just show me that you subscribe to it and you get entered in. And on December 22nd at the Lions Den, we draw a winner. We're going to give away an NFL jersey. So keys to winning for both teams. And we're going to start with you, brother man, Jacob. Who do you, what is, what is the keys to the Jacksonville Jaguars winning this game on Sunday at Ford Field? Trevor Lawrence. I think for every game this season, it has been Trevor Lawrence. We need him to play like he did yesterday against Baltimore. We need our franchise quarterback to really step up because he's had such, he has such young talent around him. He needs to be kind of that spearhead. I think if Trevor Lawrence can play a great game, we'll, we'll clear Detroit easily. But I think if he struggles like he did prior to this last week, I think we could be in trouble. So Trevor Lawrence is the key to the game for Jacob. How about you, West Coast stat master? What is the keys for the Detroit Lions to beat the Jaguars on Sunday? Well, I'm just going to piggyback a little bit on on what Jacob said. It is absolutely containing Trevor Lawrence and getting pressure on him. Uh, Trevor Lawrence uh, doesn't get enough credit for his mobility. Trevor Lawrence is kind of a... uh, elusive guy in the pocket and he, and he will run and our lions have to do an absolute good job of containing him uh forcing him to throw we're going up against a familiar name and marvin jones jr who i absolutely love man 
Uh, you know, as old as he is, man, I I'm so glad you guys got him. And he's just one of those wide receivers that you want to see grow and that can help Trevor Lawrence develop, man. Um, I, I think another big thing we got to do is we have to, we just tapped on it, we have to contain that Jaguars front seven. I think they're going to be throwing a lot of different looks at us, trying to get some confusion on our offensive line. You know, we're supposed to be getting a couple key pieces back that we really needed, that we really missed in Buffalo. So um, I think if our offensive line can contain that front seven and we allow Jared Goff to, uh, to uh, you know, make some key play action passes, and, um, and we opened up some running lanes for that front seven. I, I, I think we're riding high in a very close game against Buffalo, and, and I think we could pull out this win. I agree with you 100%. But I think the keys to winning for the Detroit Lions is to stay the course. They've been getting better by the week with the under, under the coaching. You can see the development from all of the rookies and the undrafted free agents, and they continue to progress, and they continue to get better, and I only expect it to even be more better <laughs> on Sunday. <laughs> um, and I, I'll echo your offensive line. I mean, our offensive line is the strength. If they can't move those guys out of the way, then we don't yeah. stand a chance. But we, we do have some stud offensive linemen that they're going to have to deal with. So getting into some of these comments right here, evidently uh, open mic night that he thought it was comedy hour. This says Chicago Bears are the best team in the league. So yuck, yuck, <laughs> yuck, yuck, yuck. Uh, yeah, that's so funny that you, <laughs> wow. Chicago Bears are the best team in the league. And uh, I don't know why I'm watching football still. <laughs> <laughs> that's division two football right there, baby. So we're going to get into the predictions for the game and, uh, and as a, something that we do every week we always let our enemy go first because you know we want you to be able to get out of here so you don't have to listen to us be homers for the lions so oh you go ahead and go first so what we're looking for is we're looking for a prediction for the game and then uh, a, a score uh, i think jack's take it i think trevor Ooh. lawrence steps up and i think he does what we need him to do just enough i don't think it's like a blowout but i think jacksonville just scrapes by i'm thinking somewhere in the realm of like a 27 24. okay 27 24 jacksonville well we uh, we really like do appre we appreciate you coming on to the show and uh good luck this sunday but not really <laughs> so we appreciate you coming on jacob you've been a very knowledgeable fan we look forward to having you on if we can ever have you on again that would be awesome in the future but absolutely you, man and we will see you on the flip side about your prediction for the game you you, you think that jaguars are going to win look so i love the jaguars draft i like what they're doing like i was just talking to jacob i think they're turning up you know um trent balk you know kind of an oddball at times um but he's doing the best he had with what little he was given. Um, that being said, us at home, us on a roll, playing like I don't remember ever playing this late in the season, going all the way back to the Wayne, well, maybe the Wayne Fonks era, but going easily all the way back to the Jim Schwartz era. Um, I, I just think we're too much at home right now. I think we're riding a high wave like you alluded to. And um, I, I think we come out with a statement win. Not too big of a statement win, but um, I'm going to give us the win at 34-24. Um, 34-24 for the West Coast Statmaster. Lions winning right there. Predictions for the game. Yeah, I think that the, the Lions are riding high right now, man. Even though they had lost that game, there's, there's a fire in them. I think that Dan's been 
behind the scenes saying, look, man, this is these are really good teams that that we're almost beating. So yeah. it's about time that we kick it up a couple notches. Taylor Decker made a comment in the media that said that this ain't the same old effing Lions yes, right sir. here. So you can tell that they have a, a chip on their shoulder. And unfortunately for Jacksonville, they're running into us right yeah. here and then. And I don't care who they have standing out there. They're going to get run over. It's going to be a double-digit win. I'm going to say 35-17. Ooh, I love it. Hey, we got some big-time players coming back, Russ. Yep. Um, we're, we're all in hopes that J-Mo can make it this week. Romeo Cora is supposed to be back. Jonah Jackson. Um, we are finally getting a lot of pieces back, you guys. And um, we have yet to see the full potential of this Lion all in one unit, all in the field at the same time. And I am so excited for this. I am jacked up. And I am very, very excited that you all came out and on this live to watch me be embarrassed wearing this ah. ugly, ugly jersey. And uh, main event Mike sitting at home laughing at me going, man, you don't know how to host a show. You're just the producer. Look at you looking all stupid wearing that shirt. <laughs> Oh, gosh. Well, I hope that I was an adequate host for, for for this evening tonight. And we really appreciate everybody watching from Russell Wayne right here. We got the West Coast Stat Master. This has been the main event 365. We will see you guys next time. Peace out. One prize.